G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. We know Jesus could come back soon, but how soon? Pastor Greg Laurie addresses that question today on A New Beginning. We were praying back in 1970 that Jesus would come back. You're saying, well, Greg, wasn't your timing a little bit off? Yeah, maybe we were a little early, but guess what? It impacted us in the way that we lived. And consider this, we've never been closer to the return of Jesus Christ than we are right now. He is coming back again. I still believe it. This is the day when the lost are found. Peter chapter 3, we read, The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He's being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but He wants everyone to repent. Now, there were some people who accepted Christ yesterday, so it's a good thing the rapture didn't happen the day before yesterday. On A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to learn all we can about the rapture, that great event when we're suddenly caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Why don't you grab your Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. The title of my message is Revival and the Rapture. So we're talking about the Jesus Revolution. You know, in the day we called it the Jesus Movement, but either phrase is great because you know what it was about Jesus. It wasn't called the God Revolution, though God did it. It wasn't called the Bible Revolution, though we read the Bible a lot and still do. It was called the Jesus Revolution because it was about Jesus. And sometimes in the church, we forget what our message is. Our message is Jesus Christ. And there were some earmarks of the Jesus movement, of things that I remember. Uh, One of them was, there was a sense of expectancy in the services. By the way, no one was ever late for church because if you were, well, you wouldn't get a seat. Uh, there was a sense that God is gonna do something here in this service. So we came with open hearts and with open Bibles. And, and I think it's very important the way we go to church, that we come saying, I want God to speak to me today. I'm open to that. And, and it was a move of the Holy Spirit. The Jesus movement was, it was the Holy Spirit of God working through the Word of God and the hearts of the people of God. It was a work that he did then and it's a work he still wants to do today. And there was one other thing we talked a lot about back in those days and it was the return of Jesus Christ. Uh, It was in a lot of messages and you're saying, well, Greg, wasn't your timing a little bit off? What was that, 45 years ago? Yeah, maybe we were a little early, but guess what? It impacted us in the way that we lived 
And consider this, we've never been closer to the return of Jesus Christ than we are right here, right now. He is coming back again. I still believe it. And uh, we're gonna see what the Bible says about what I believe is the next event on the prophetic calendar. It's called the rapture. First Thessalonians 4, 16. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remaining will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. This phrase caught up is from the Greek word harpazo. It means to take forcibly, to snatch, or to catch up. So here's a few questions. Why is there a rapture? Well, Paul gave this teaching in response to the believers in Thessalonica who had loved ones die. And they wondered, will we ever see our loved ones again? So Paul is telling them, you're gonna be reunited with your loved ones. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, he says, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who have died so that you will not grieve as those who have no hope. A very important thing Paul's saying. We don't want you to be uninformed, brothers. So he talks about Bible prophecy. And I bring this up because sometimes people will say, no one can understand these things. And so it's just a waste of time to even try. No. Why would Paul have said, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, if God did not want us to know about the events that are coming? In the book of Daniel, in the 12th chapter, it is said that the things of Bible prophecy, the understanding of Bible prophecy, will increase in the last days. One of the signs of the end times is, we'll have a better understanding of what all of these things mean. We often talk about the book of Revelation. What does revelation mean? It means the unveiling. It is God's desire to reveal, not to conceal. And then Paul goes on to say, so comfort one another with these words. Why? Well, because when a loved one dies, we miss them. Many of you have loved ones in heaven right now. Well, Kathy and I do. Of course, our son is there. And our mothers are there. And uh, my father is there. And so, you know, that, that kind of connects you to heaven. You think about it and you wonder about having conversations with them and what it will be like to be reunited. So this is what Paul is saying and this is why this should comfort us. He says, we'll be caught up together to meet them in the air. Who? Loved ones who have preceded us. I was talking with a dear saint the other day, yesterday actually, she's 95 years old and she wanted to know when she dies, you know, what happens to her body and what happens to her spirit. I said, well, what happens when you die is your spirit goes into the presence of God and your body goes into the ground. But at the rapture, your body's gonna be resurrected. So your body will be resurrected in a perfected state. So that's when that all is gonna happen. So this is this great hope. Now look, the rapture can happen in our lifetime, but we need to always be ready to meet the Lord. So you either get to heaven through rapture or you get to heaven through death Cab or Uber, I don't care. I'm just gonna go to heaven. So the idea is to be ready. And this brings comfort to you because you know you'll see your loved ones again. Imagine what it would be like to suddenly be reunited with a loved one you'd been cut off from for so long and to be in their presence again. Husbands reunited with wives. 
Wives reunited with husbands. Parents reunited with children. Children with parents. Brothers with sisters. Sisters with brothers. Friends with friends. That event is going to happen. And it's a glorious event. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. Thanks for joining us today. And we're talking about the rapture as Pastor Greg brings a message called The Rapture and Revival. It's part of his series entitled Jesus Revolution. When is the rapture? Oh, this is one that people have asked for many years. When is it? Well, here's what Jesus says. No one knows the day of the hour, not even the angels nor the Son, only the Father. If you were to go back to the original language and translate that, it would come out to say, no one knows the day or the hour. And actually what it means is, no one knows the day or the hour. (laughs) And why do I say that? Because every now and then someone comes along and they say, I've cracked the code. I know when the rapture is. No, they don't. No one knows the day or the hour. It could happen today. It could happen tonight. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen in a month, in a year, in a decade. We don't know when it will happen, but we want to watch and be ready. But I'll tell you this. When it happens, it will happen so quickly you can't even measure it in time. We're told over in 1 Corinthians 15, I tell you a mystery. We'll not all sleep, but we'll be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. The twinkling of an eye, not even the blinking of an eye. How long is the twinkle of an eye? Well, I don't know. It's from the Greek word atomos. We get our English word atom from it. Something that's very small. I guess the twinkling would take as long as maybe it would take to say the word atomos. (laughs) It's just that fast. So some will say, well, I'll accept Christ when the rapture happens. Really? You better be fast. You see people getting raptured. Lord Jesus. Oh, that's way too long. Lord, no, too long. No, it's too late. And you'll be left behind and you don't want that to happen. Now, why has Jesus not already come back? Well, let me take a quick poll. How many of you have become a Christian since 1970? You've accepted Christ since 1970. Raise your hand. Okay, that's a lot of you. I would even say a majority of you. We were praying back in 1970 that Jesus would come back. Aren't you glad he didn't answer our prayer? It says in 1 Peter, the Lord is not late as some men count lateness. He's long suffering toward us. Listen, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord is waiting for the final people to believe. It's even possible that somewhere on this earth, possibly even in this service or watching somewhere, is that final person the Lord is waiting for to get saved. And then the rapture is going to happen. Can you imagine if you knew who that person was? Would you be tempted to apply pressure? Like, dude, could you get saved like now? So we can get out of here? But the Lord is waiting. Why? Because He loves us. He wants us to have a relationship with Him. But here's our prayer. When that day happens, only the Lord knows. But we want Him to send at least one more spiritual awakening to America. We need a fifth awakening. I would be so bold as to say, we even need a sixth and a seventh should the Lord tarry. But listen, revival, that can happen for you right here, right now. We can talk about how the church needs revival, but you can just ask yourself the question, do you need revival? Do I need revival? What is revival? It's being restored to original condition. You know, 
If you want to see a revival, you should do revival-like things. And that's what we're sort of doing here today. We're remembering things, things that happened before, and we're saying, do it again. And in the same way, if you want to see revival in your life, do revival-like things. Uh, in Revelation chapter 2, uh, Jesus talks to the church. And he says, you know what? I, I know you guys are discerning, and you work hard, and you test those who say they are apostles and are not. But I have this against you. You've left your first love. So remember therefore from where you have fallen and do the first works quickly. Very interesting. He says, you know, you're doing a great job, but there's a problem. You've left your first love. So first you should remember. And I'm gonna ask you to remember right now. Was there a time in your life where you were stronger spiritually than you are now? Was there a time in your life as a follower of Jesus where your passion was greater and the fire burned hotter than it is burning right now? Okay, remember that. It's a point of reference. Now, repent. He says, remember from where you've fallen and repent. And it's interesting, he uses the phrase where you've fallen. See, we think of falling away from the Lord as something dramatic. Oh, they abandoned their faith and they're doing all these horrible things now. And yeah, that, that's a form of it. But Jesus said, if you've left your first love, you've fallen. It's sort of like a slow motion fall. It's not as dramatic, but it's still falling. Remember from where you have fallen, then he says, and do the first works quickly. So the three R's of revival, the three R's of getting right with God are remember, repent, and repeat. Go back and do those things again. Heard about a lady that wanted to divorce her husband. But she didn't want to just divorce him. She wanted him to suffer. So she went to an attorney and said, what can I do when I divorce my husband to bring the most pain possible? The lawyer said, <laughs> evil laugh. He said, I have the solution. He says, for the next six months, I want you to smother your husband with affection. Tell him how wonderful he is, how responsible he is, how much you respect him, how much you care for him. And then at six months, Hit him with the divorce papers. He won't know what hit him and it'll make his life miserable. She said, I'll do it. She told her husband how much she loved him, how great he was, how much she respected him, how much she adored him. And the lawyer calls at six months and says, okay, let's get this divorce going. She says, divorce? We're going on our second honeymoon. <laughs> so the point is she was doing what she should have been doing all along. And in the same way, if we want revival, just do revival-like things. If you want to restore a marriage that's failing, go bring the romance back in your marriage. Do the things you did in the beginning. The same is true of your relationship with God. And I wonder if some of us need revival in our life. Look, it can happen. We just say, Lord, I need to be restored to that original condition. I need to get back to that walk I once had with you. You know, there's some of you here that might have been around in the days of the Jesus movement. That's great. What a wonderful thing that was. But this is now. How's your relationship with God now? Are you walking with the Lord today? And are you ready for His return now? Well, if not, this is a great opportunity to get right with God. If you want to be sure that you're ready to meet the Lord, if you want to be confident that you'll be ready to be caught up to meet him in the air, you need to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. He died on the cross for you 2,000 years ago. He shed his blood for you. He paid the price for every sin you've ever committed. 
And if you'll put your faith in him and ask him to forgive you, you can be confident your sin is forgiven and you can know for certain that you'll go to heaven when you die and you can also know for certain you'll be ready for the rapture. You'll be rapture ready. And if you are not sure if you are now, here's an opportunity for you to make that commitment or recommitment to Christ. Let's all pray together. Father, I pray now for every person that is watching. If they don't know you, Jesus, if they're not right with you, help them to get right with you, we ask. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer. If you've come to realize you need to make a change in your relationship with the Lord, Today is a great day to do that, and Pastor Greg would like to help you right now. How can a person know they're going to heaven? Let me say at the outset, I believe I'm going to heaven. In fact, I'll take it a step further. I know I'm going to heaven. You say, Greg, isn't that kind of arrogant? Not really. Because I know this because God has made a promise to me, and I've believed that promise. The Bible says, we write these things to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. I've believed on the name of the Son of God, thus I know I'll go to heaven when I die. Here's my question to you. Do you believe on the name of the Son of God? Is there any more important issue than that? I can't think of one. So I'd like to lead you in a simple prayer. And this is a prayer where you will be asking Jesus to forgive you of your sin, and you'll be asking him to be your own Savior, friend, Lord. It's a prayer only you can pray. Pray these words if you would. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner, but I know that you are the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose from the dead. Jesus, come into my life. I want to believe in you. I want to follow you. I want this relationship with you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin and rising again from the dead. And I thank you that you've heard this prayer. And I believe you've come into my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And God bless you if you've prayed that prayer. You've made the right decision. The decision to follow Jesus Christ. And if you've prayed those words with Pastor Greg, and you meant them sincerely, know that the Lord has heard you. We'd love to send you some resource materials to help you in your new journey. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. The team would also love to pray with you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. Well, next time, Pastor Greg brings us important insight on personal evangelism and the key role that it plays in bringing the next great spiritual awakening to our culture. Tune in for more. Now, for a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called The Rapture and Revival. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-50-11. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.